Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include having a plan, my interview with Rob Chrisman on the residential lending landscape as we wind down 2022 and look to 2023, and inflation is over. Haven't you heard? I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Appraisal Logistics. Aimport is an appraisal management platform built to reduce costs and elevate the borrower experience for lenders managing appraisal operations. Born from Appraisal Logistics, a full-service AMC license in all 50 states, Aimport's robust integrations, custom automations, and granular reporting tools are delivering gains in efficiency and cost savings to lenders across the country. Go to aim-port.com for more information. Anyone who has ever gone swimming in the ocean knows that, in a violent surf, the swimmer can't spend time and energy in the waves near the shore being knocked about. They either swim out beyond them or swim into the beach. Using that analogy, think about lenders and vendors in the current environment. Having no plan is not a plan. Best to go one way or the other, because staying in the surf can be exhausting. Meanwhile, capital markets departments are grappling with renegotiations, although I'm hearing from lenders that with pipelines primarily consisting of non-rate-sensitive new home purchases and cash-out refis, it would be fair to expect new, lower mortgage rates to actually stimulate some new demand by consumers. And consumers certainly have options, including sponsored stories about the best cash-out refinance and home equity loan providers, which is kind of guaranteed to rile up every MLO out there. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show, Rob Chrisman. You know, the Rob that half my guests that come on the podcast refer to me as. I'm Robbie. He's Rob. Let's see what he has to say about 2023 as we wind down 2022 for the residential mortgage industry. What's the chatter around the industry as we head toward 2023? Seems like people have already left their desks in 2022 here. I would tend to agree. It's been a long year. It's been a long two or three years. Overall, the chatter is, are we going to be able to survive another quarter, another half a year? What is going to change within the industry to really improve things? And right now, there's not a lot of change that could take place that is going to change the outcome of where the industry is right now, other than volume has picked up a little bit with the decline in rates. And many companies have cut costs so much that they're now at a break-even point or not losing as much as they were earlier this year. So there is some hope there. Some companies are expanding, continuing to expand and using the money that they've saved up in 2020 and 2021 to fund their efforts. But overall, you know, rates are what they are. And companies hope that they've cut costs enough to uh, break even or turn a profit. Well, we learned yesterday that the Fed downshifted and is done with 75 basis point rate hikes for presumably the foreseeable future. And now there's speculation of what the, the peak Fed funds rate will be, which which should allow for the time value of money to start getting priced uh, back closer to historical norms or the yield. What I mean is the yield curve to come out of its inversion or potentially mortgage rates to 
confirm that they've seen the peak. What is the what is the Fed signaling that it's it's uh, not going to be quite so hawkish going forward? Mean for originators out there. It's a good thing. The it's important for people to remember that the Federal Reserve does not set mortgage rates. Supply and demand set mortgage rates, and thirty year rates are not directly tied to overnight Fed funds, but the same factors that influence the Federal Reserve to make its moves influence interest rates in general across the yield curve. So yesterday's move of a half a percent was widely expected. The market, whether it's the bond market, the stock market, any market, does not like uncertainty. And so to to get this out of the way and to meet market expectations of a half a percent increase is a good thing. It removes some uncertainty. And the Market likes that. Although, to tell you the truth, rates didn't do much yesterday. They they rallied some, and then they sold off some. And I think we ended the day right where we began with the 10-year yielding 3.50%. It's important also to remember that rates have come down quite a bit. The high of the 10-year this year has been 4.3%. So we're down 0.8% versus the highs. And that's quite an interest rate move down. So... Overall, there's some feeling that we may have seen the high 30-year mortgage rates for some time, and that would be good news for the market. Yeah, I'd say there's a bit of over-exuberance that's gone on in the markets last couple of weeks where, you know, at this point, it's hard to see rates falling much in the short term, but you could easily see them going back up uh, a couple eighths. Have mortgage companies learned anything? From 2022, you know, 20, 2020 and 2021, it was like a drunk sailor on leave. This isn't going to last for forever, but blah, blah. It seems like companies didn't put in plans for scaling, scaling downward at certain milestones. It seems like companies didn't focus on reducing the cost per loan file, which as MBA reported is at a record high. Yeah, people are are concerned about surviving, but if they do survive, what's to keep them from, from going back to to spending money recklessly and and you know not not learning anything from what we've gone through this year. Absolutely nothing. Do you believe that based on the smart ones do? The smart ones learn nothing? No. Have, a, have smart... a short, short rear view vision? No, the smart ones learn from what's happened. The our market, the Mortgage market is not immune to business cycles. Nothing is really immune to business cycles, just like nothing is immune to changes of the seasons or, you know, the forces of nature. Myrtle's immune to the forces of nature. She is. She's ageless. But smart, smart lenders and vendors do learn from what works and what doesn't work, and they tend to survive. The people who thought that they were the smartest people in the room really weren't necessarily the smartest people in the room. A lot of 2020 and 2021 were due to interest rates and companies were drinking from a fire hose in terms of volume and now they're not. So what did they learn from that? Well, let's hope they learn to save money and to be efficient and not be afraid to cut costs. So you know, we'll see, we'll see what shakes out in, in the coming months, but I would say the smart owners and smart managers have learned 
lessons that they can use going forward. My friends that go through the home buying or, or, or more often than not home selling process complain about how high the fees are that are paid to, to real estate agents, both buying and selling by the seller. It would seem LO comp is kind of similar where they're getting a huge chunk of a deal. And obviously LOs are, you know, don't be up in arms with what I'm about to say, but that seems like a uh, one of the first areas companies could look at to save costs on each loan file. Obviously there's competition out there for hiring the best loan officers. So the best ones could always command a reasonable uh, salary, but why is LO comp not come down like you might expect when companies are looking to cut costs. No lender wants to be the first penguin in the water in terms of cutting loan officer compensation. If an independent mortgage bank is paying one and a quarter points for a given loan, and they're talking about lowering that commission down to 1%, a loan officer will go to another independent mortgage bank pretty quickly. If, however, the owner of the company says, we're going to lower your compensation, but we're going to take that 25 basis points and put it into training, new software, marketing, you know, hiring a loan officer assistant, then it starts to make sense. And that's what is happening with some independent mortgage banks. But remember, the independent mortgage banks tend to pay more than credit unions and depository banks for mortgage originators. And so the independent mortgage bank commission is sticking out versus other institutions. The banks and credit unions traditionally pay less. And so the thinking is that independent mortgage banks don't have additional products to sell. They don't have a stream of clients coming into the bank lobby that they can refer to originators. So independent mortgage bank LOs tend to make more because they have they have to go out and hunt with you know hunt and kill and eat their own, uh, and so you know the commission numbers have developed over time. But as I said earlier, no independent mortgage bank wants to be wants to go in and cut commissions because they run the risk of losing losing their loan officers. There's only one well dressed. Overly perfumed, excuse me, cologne, goateed crystal ball in this mortgage industry. So I won't ask you to predict what rates are going to do, but generally speaking, in 2023, what what do you see out there for mortgage companies? Obviously, yeah, volumes are going to tick up a little bit. I mean, rates will drop a little bit, but beyond that, well, that's a big assumption. I, I do tend to think that rates are going to drop a little bit. That we have seen the highs for 30 year fixed rates. <laughs> the as I said earlier, the big question is, have you cut costs enough to be profitable or at least break even? It's a, you know, it's a numbers game. And you have an aging mortgage banker population that may not want to go through another goat rodeo or another business cycle and may be looking for an outlet. And I know Stratmore's M&A practice is on fire with companies that are saying, you know, Let's uh, let's merge or let's be acquired and let's take take some of our chips off the table. And I expect that to continue in 2023 as well. So generally about the same interest rate environment, continued cutting costs, trying to get profitable again. 
And if the owner doesn't think that they can be profitable or at least break even, to look for some kind of exit strategy. I think we'll see more of that in 2023. So you're saying I should consider launching my own retail business now that the worst of the market's behind us? I can make some buku bucks and then sell out to uh, uh, whoever, whoever's buying out there at the end of, <laughs> at the, end of the cycle. If you're, if you're a retail mortgage bank owner and you're, and you're breaking even, and if you have got a good reputation in your market, decent market share, some efficiencies of scale, and you have some agency approval and so forth, yeah, there's definitely value there. There's certainly value in servicing. Uh, that's where most mortgage banks value is on the balance sheet is in the value of the servicing if they retain servicing if they're having to sell servicing just to be profitable they're eating into that balance sheet that is a problem over time so it, it might be a good time to be a buyer of a mortgage bank if it's a if it's a decent operation and real quick before i let you go only because you alluded to it how do you value a mortgage company? You you look at the the office furniture, you look at the value of the staff that could leave at a moment's notice. You you mentioned servicing, right? So how else how else would you value a, a company if you're a potential buyer? That's primarily it. You get into a situation. Oh, they have nice office chairs, then that's a good good deal. No, the, the, the value of the servicing. Office furniture is worth you know ten cents on the dollar. But, but if, if a company, if a retail company has no servicing on their book, they've sold it all, released, then they're they're valueless to you. There's no value in the the production mechanisms or the technology they've implemented. Do they own the technology, or are they just leasing it from, say, Encompass or Ellie Mae or Ice or whoever? That's the difference. Uh, so, no, the companies themselves don't have a lot of balance sheet value other than servicing. They have an ongoing cash stream. So they're earning in theory income and that provides a livelihood for the people working at that company. But if you look at the balance sheet about what it's worth, generally speaking, if there's no servicing, companies tend to be worth very little. All right, bonus question. If you were in mortgage banking, what would you be doing? Don't say bailing me out of prison. <laughs> I don't know. Park Ranger sounds pretty stable. 20 grand a year. Well, sure. Well, my but, buddy who's a new LO got that comp on a uh, conventional, his first conventional conforming loan he closed. Wow. No, I'm kidding. kidding. Yeah. But, all right. Thank you. You're welcome. The Fed raised its target overnight rates half a percent or 50 basis points to 4.375%. And Dr. Elliot Eisenberg observed markets were hoping that the Fed might halt increases going forward due to declining inflation. And because in September, Fed members anticipated raising the Fed funds rate to slightly above where it is now. Those hopes were dashed. The Fed now expects to slowly raise the Fed funds rate another 75 base points to 100 base points and keep the higher rate there through 2023. End quote. So, as expected, the Federal Open Market Committee raised its benchmark rate by 50 basis points to a new range of 4.25% to 4.5%. That marked a slowdown from the 75 basis points per meeting pace registered from the prior four meetings, but is still a large rate hike, historically speaking. The FOMC also signaled that they anticipate slower growth, higher unemployment, and higher inflation for next year than they had indicated at the September meeting. 
Further increases are expected in 2023, with the benchmark rate projected to rise to a peak of 5.10% for the cycle, up from 4.60% that was projected in the September dot plot. Rates are then expected to taper off in 2024 and 2025 to 4.10% and 3.10% respectively. The hawkish tone of the dot plot invited selling in treasuries and equities, with inflation remaining high and the tight jobs market adding to current price pressures. Fed Chairman Powell said that the central bank is not considering any changes to its inflation target at this time. Following yesterday's FOMC events, today sees a laundry list of central bank decisions, including the SNB, Norges Bank, BOE, and ECB, with all but Norges Bank expected to raise rates 50 basis points, like the Fed. The U.S. economic calendar is also packed with data and supply, starting with retail sales, which came in down 0.6%, but October was revised higher. Empire and Philadelphia Fed manufacturing. Empire was down 11.2, a disappointment. And weekly jobless claims, which came in at 211,000, down from 230,000, and continuing claims were unchanged. Later this morning brings November industrial production and capacity utilization, October business inventories, and Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey. We begin the day with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged from Wednesday, which are roughly unchanged from Tuesday, and the 10-year yielding 3.48 after closing yesterday at 3.50% after the, the slew of news. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A book recently fell on my head. I've only got my shelf to blame. <laughs> Maybe I should have told that in like a Sean Connery accent, but... Regardless, you get it. <laughs> I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Appraisal Logistics. Aimport is an appraisal management platform built to reduce costs and elevate the borrower experience for lenders managing appraisal operations. Born from Appraisal Logistics, a full-service AMC license in all 50 states, Aimport's robust integrations, custom automations, and granular reporting tools are delivering gains in efficiency and cost savings to lenders across the country. Go to aim-port.com for more information. Questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities? Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.